Well, today we're going to be looking at, uh, we've been uh, doing a series called All In, and today we're going to end that series, uh, the last one in that series, and today we're going to look at I Am Invested. And uh, we should all be invested in the right things. Many of us, uh, we're, the fact is we're all invested in something, it's just we're not always invested in the right things. Uh, we spend our money, we spend our time on things many times that that don't matter, that we come to a conclusion later on that, you know, maybe that wasn't near as important as I thought, maybe. Uh, and sometimes we we pray for things and then uh, God grants them, and then once we have them, we wish that God had not given them to us. Uh, you know, uh, it's uh, maybe trying to live in a nicer house than what you can afford, and you pray for it, and you pray for it, and then God says, well, okay, if you want it, but then, and then uh, several months into it, you can't pay the payment, and uh, then you, uh, you start to dig yourself a hole and uh, you wish that God had not answered that prayer. Maybe you drive a really nice car. Maybe it's more of a car than you can afford. And, uh, and then you find yourself in a hole. You're not able to do things that you know God wants you to do um, simply because you're not able to do them. Uh, I'm, I'm a person who believes I think most people want to be more generous. It's just most of us put ourselves in a position where we're not able uh, to be more generous. Now, I'm not saying having nice things is bad or a sin. Uh, if you can afford those things, then by all means have those things. The problem is most people in America, we try to live two or three steps above uh, where, we're, where we really need to be. And so I just want to talk about being, basically this whole uh, sermon is just about being wise, being discerning. Uh, uh, God gives us everything that we have, and we are stewards of it. That means we are to watch over it, and we're responsible for how we use it in our time here on earth. Uh, so I think what we would all like to say is I'm invested in God's church. I hope that you are invested in God's church. Uh, you really don't have, uh, you know, any equity in anything that you have unless you're invested in it with your time and your money and, uh, and pouring your life into it. And so I hope that you can say that I'm invested in God's church. Uh, can you say that? We're all invested in something, like I said. Maybe it's uh, season tickets to your favorite sports team. Uh, maybe it's that, that new car I talked about. Um, maybe you're spending that money to go to school and get that degree you've always wanted. Uh, as we see, there's nothing wrong with all those things, especially the degree, uh, bettering yourself. Uh, the problem is, is that uh, we need to discern on all those things. Do I really need that? Can I really afford that? All right. Uh, the problem with many things is that many of us are investing in things that simply don't last. All right. So uh, we're going to look at uh, a couple of different scriptures. We're going to be in Matthew first, then we're going to jump to Luke. But let's look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 right now. And these are uh, words in red. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ said these words. He said it like this. He said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. All right. So look at this principle. Look at the slide, if you would. Uh, our God has created us to pour, not store. All right. Our God has called us to pour, not store. And Jesus said it this way, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, the very first time I really bought into that saying it's more blessed to give than to receive, I didn't really fully understand it until I had kids. And many of you parents will know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, Christmas uh, up until I had kids was pretty much all about me. 
It was all about me and what I wanted and what I asked for for Christmas and whether I got that or not. Pretty selfish, you know. And then all of a sudden you have children and Christmas no longer becomes about you. Christmas now becomes about those kids. And, and you truly learn this principle once you have kids. I would rather give to them and, and watch their faces light up and watch them on Christmas Day. It doesn't matter whether I get any presents on Christmas because now all of my joy comes from watching my children, this father watching his children that watch their faces light up. And it, it blesses me a hundred times more to give to them and watch them light up than to receive. So uh, I think most of our parents, you, we can uh, relate to that. If uh, you, you hadn't gotten there yet, just wait. I think you'll finally get a true understanding of that because uh, to somebody who doesn't have kids, that makes no sense. No, I'd much rather receive gifts because it's all about me. It's all about what I want, what are, what are my desires, okay? So um, it's, you're more blessed to give than to receive. And in the same way that blesses you when you see your children, when you do that to other people, when you're able to just bless somebody, meet somebody's need, you find out it's 100 times uh, more special uh, to bless somebody else and to give to somebody else than to receive it for yourself, all right? Uh, I believe this, I already said this, but I believe that most people want to give more, but they just say, I, I just don't have enough. And again, most of the time that's because of us. That's because of bad financial decisions. That's because we have uh, not using the, used the money wisely that God has entrusted to us. And uh, we have, uh, we've wasted it on things that really didn't matter. And uh, we may also have a scarcity mindset. I'm going to talk about that uh, in just a moment, that there's two different mindsets. There's a scarcity mindset, and there's an abundance mindset, all right? A scarcity mindset says it's never enough. Uh, maybe you grew up poor, and, uh, and you struggled all your life, and you watched your parents struggle all your life, and so you have a scarcity mindset. Whatever I make, it's never enough. I've got to hang on to everything I make because I watched my family struggle and we never had enough and there never was enough food on the table. And I always had to wear hand-me-downs. And I'm not going to live that way, uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hoard all the money I can. I'm going to uh, just uh, – it's never going to be enough for me, all right? And uh, it, there's a parable uh, in Luke chapter 12 about a rich farmer. And he basically says, what will I do, all right? And it's in Luke chapter 12, uh, verse 18, it says this. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns, and I will build greater barns, and there I will store all of my crops and all of my goods, all right? Uh, so he just he's going to just store everything, hoard everything, instead of being generous to his neighbors who are maybe they're struggling or their crops didn't come in. Uh, he is hoarding everything for himself, and he says, "Ah, it's never enough, and I'm going to just uh, I'm going to hang on to everything with a tight fist." All right, and God, uh, if you go on in the story, God calls him a fool. And then he says, this night, your life will be demanded of you. Let's pick it up in verse uh, 21. And then God, at the end of the parable, uh, Jesus uh, summarizes it like this. He says, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Okay? So we've got to get rid of that scarcity mindset. So let's, let's look at the two mindsets, scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset. All right, here's the slide. Scarcity mindset is driven by fear. It's driven by fear that even if I have a million dollars in the bank, something might happen and I might lose it all. And so I've always got to have the attitude, 
it will never be enough. Because even if I have it right now, uh, I've seen that something can happen, and I'm afraid I'll lose it. And so I'm going to keep everything I have. I'm going to guard everything I have. I'm not going to be generous with it. I'm going to protect it. I'm going to store it because it could all be gone tomorrow, and I don't want that to happen. So we get this, it's, and this is really, it's driven out of fear. And we get this hoarder's mindset that I have to hang on to every single thing that I have. An abundance mindset, I believe, is the mindset God wants us to have. And the abundance mindset says this. Now, I want you to understand, it, to have an abundance mindset is not to be frivolous with your money, is not to be uh, just spend like crazy, uh, but it's just simply uh, looking and being a steward of your finances as if God is in control and as if God blesses you. And I believe that's the attitude God expects us to have. An abundance mind says this, God owns everything. It's all his. It's not mine anyway. So I need to, I need to uh, manage it like it's God's money, not my own. And uh, I believe that God is a good provider. I believe that God is a good God, that he is a good father, that he loves to bless his children, and that not only will he give me enough, that my father will give me more than enough. Now, is that to mean I'm to go out and spend foolishly? No, no. Uh, in fact, the exact opposite. I am to be wise and discerning. But guess what? If I see a need, I need to meet it. Meet it. If I need to be generous and to bless somebody and God tells me to do it, I need to do it. If God tells you to do it, don't be selfish and hang on to your money because the reality is if you have an abundance mindset, that's not your money anyway. That's God's money. And if God says, I need you to go over here and bless this uh, brother of yours, uh, he needs $100 right now. And you say, well, God, that's, that's $100, and I could spend that $100 on something I want. And God says, I'm telling you, I want you to do that. Uh, understand in that moment, that is God's money. You're simply the steward of it. It is not your money. And that gives you a whole different mindset, all right? All right, so, um, so the, um, in Luke uh, 9, 12, okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, if you'll remember back a couple of weeks ago, I preached on it from Mark chapter 14 about the uh, sinful woman who showed up and she poured out the bottle of expensive perfume at the feet of Jesus. Uh, she did not store it. That was the most expensive, extravagant thing she owned. It was worth a year's wages. And uh, she did not see it something that, that was so valuable she couldn't pour it on Jesus' feet. She didn't store it. She poured it, all right? And so God says, I'm worth it. I'm worth it, all right? Uh, the amazing thing is that there was one disciple there, and he had a scarcity mindset, and he immediately begins to criticize her. And his name was a guy we know as Judas, all right? Judas, Judas immediately criticizes the woman and gripes to Jesus and says, uh, look at this, this is foolish. We could have given that money to the poor and fed the poor with it. And uh, Jesus immediately rebukes Judas and says, uh, that listen, uh, I've created her to worship me, and I'm not going to reprimand her. Uh, Judas, you don't have the right mindset, all right? Um, then Jesus also illustrated this in uh, Luke chapter 9, the feeding of the 5,000. So let's, let's look at that uh, first verse there, Luke 9, 12. It says this, when the day began to wear away, the 12 came and said to him, send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions, for we are in a deserted place here, all right? Uh, so that verse says, as the day wore on, the disciples uh, were getting hungry, and they knew that all the people that were surrounding them were getting hungry, all right? So let's see what, uh, how Jesus responded. 
But he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all of these people. All right. So, basically, if I put it into today's terms, uh, the disciples said, Jesus, all we got, we got five biscuits and a long John Silver's basket. And that's all we got. And these are 5,000 people here, and we cannot feed these 5,000 people with five biscuits and a long John Silver's pack. All right? Um, and here's the amazing thing. Jesus did not say, oh, oh, no, you're kidding me. What are we going to do? Nothing ever catches Jesus off guard. In fact, Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen, and he knew that he was going to use this as a teaching moment, all right? That when you rely on God, God can provide everything you need, and you don't have to go and break the bank to feed those 5,000 people. Uh, Jesus is going to prove a point here that my God can provide more than enough, all right? So let's go on with the story, verses 16 and 17. It says, Then he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and he broke them, and he gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled. And this is the amazing thing. They all ate and they were all filled up. Not, nobody was still hungry. And even after that, 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. So everybody ate. Uh, everybody ate until they were full. And then not only that, there are 12 baskets full for, of doggy bags to send home with the disciples, all right? Pretty amazing. God is an amazing. Thing. And it wasn't just 5,000. The Bible, if you read the whole thing correctly, it's not just uh, 5,000. It's just 5,000 men. They didn't, that wasn't even counting the women and children. So uh, there's no telling how many that that could have been. And Jesus fed that entire crowd. And he did it to prove a point that my God, my Father, is more than enough, and he will meet your needs. Now notice what Jesus did. Jesus blessed it. Then the disciples started to give it out, and then God multiplied it, all right? The, only when they started to do it in an act of faith did God begin to multiply. God did the miracle, and he began to multiply. Here's what God does with you and I many times. I'm not saying that if you're generous and if you give to the church and if you tithe that God's going to necessarily send checks all these mystery checks are going to start showing up in your mailbox. That's not the way God works. What God does is he, exactly what he did here with the loaves and the fishes. He says, I'm not necessarily going to give you more. I'm just going to make what you have seem to stretch three and four and five and six times longer than it used to. Uh, I saw this in my own life. I'll give you my personal testimony. Julie and I uh, were a young couple. We'd started, uh, we'd been taught about tithing uh, at a young age, and so we began tithing very early on in our marriage, and uh, then uh, we started to have children, and we both had the conviction that uh, we didn't want somebody else to raise our kids. Julie uh, was, uh, wanted to stay home and raise our kids, and uh, of course, before all that happened, we had two incomes, and so now we were literally going to cut our income in half, and we were going to start having children. And we were like, God, how are we going to do this? But we had faith in God that he was a good father. He was more than enough. And, uh, and so Julie 
quit and began to be a stay-at-home mom. And you know, we, we never missed a beat. And God just began to bless. And we were still living off the same amount of money that, that I alone made. But it's like God just seemed to stretch it, make it go further. We never missed a tithe check. We never missed giving to the church. In fact, it seemed like God began to bless more, and we just became more generous. And so uh, I'm a personal testimony. I'll tell you. It works God's way. If you do it God's way, it will work. It's the only time that God said, you have my permission to test me, try me, prove me on, on this, this one thing, all right? And so uh, I would say this. If, if you don't believe it'll work, you say, well, Mark, I, I can't afford a tithe. I'm here to tell you uh, it needs to be the first fruits. Let it be the first check you write, 10% of what, uh, what you made that week or that month or however you get paid, and, uh, and see if God doesn't begin to bless you. Uh, just just try it. Test God out because uh, he gives you permission in his word to test him out. Try it. And uh, I'll tell you, if you'll give it three months, I believe you'll see. Uh, and you'll come back in three months and just say, man, God did it. I don't know how. It didn't work out on paper. It never does, by the way. Uh, but I just was, I just trusted God, wrote the check, and it was amazing how God did it, all right? That's how God operates. He doesn't necessarily give you more. He just takes what you have once you start to be faithful, and he just stretches it out, all right? So here is a great um, principle. Uh, look at this slide. It says this, what you keep is all that you have, but what you give, God multiplies. That's the principle. If you're just going to have a scarcity mindset and grab onto it and hold onto it and hoard all of it and keep it all bottled up, then what you keep, that's all you get. But the minute that you become generous and the minute that you become a giving person and giving towards God's church and then giving to help others and giving to missionaries and, and uh, giving to help somebody who's down and out on their luck, uh, once you begin to give, that's when God goes into action and says, I'm going to award those actions. God begins to multiply it, all right? Uh, God did not give them more when they stored it. God gave them more when they poured it out. All right, if you don't get anything else, that is the principle. Uh, God gives you more when you begin to be generous and you begin to pour yourself out. All right, a great, great principle. All right, so I'm going to tell you this. Start with the tithe, all right? It's something that God calls all of us to do. I know many people and have been debating it for 2,000 years, say, well, uh, you know, tithing is simply Old Testament it's really not. That's where it starts. But even Jesus affirmed the tithe uh, later on in the New Testament and said uh, that uh, that was that was the beginning point. In fact, Jesus even said uh, that's just the starting point. If you really want to be generous, you need to go beyond the tithe. All right. Uh, so, of course, uh, that scripture, uh, if you've ever seen it, is in Malachi 310. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. Try me now. Again, the Lord gives you permission. Says the Lord of hosts, and see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Again, you have God's permission to try him in this, all right? Uh, the, the Hebrew word for tithe was the word maser, M-A-A-S-E-R, and it simply means a tenth. Uh, it's, God just made it easy, and he made it equal across the board. Uh, tithing is not a rich person's deal. If you make $100,000, uh, then uh, your tithe would be uh, $10,000, all right? Simply move the comma over 
to the left, all right? It's not rocket science, and it's not hard. If you only made $100, then guess what? You move that decimal point over, and your tithe is $10, all right? That's the only way it could be fair and equal. And, of course, God is all about uh, being, he is a God of righteousness and justice, and so he would never make it unfair. Uh, he, he would never make it where we could look and say, well, I'd tithe, but I'm not a rich person. Listen, it's just simply 10%. It's, again, not rocket science. Move the decimal, and uh, whatever you make, uh, move that decimal point over to the left, and uh, that's what you give. It's very simple. Uh, God made it uh, very simple, very user-friendly, all right? And you may say to, the, uh, to that, you may say, well, Mark, to do that, you don't understand, Mark. To do that, I would have to rearrange my life financially. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what needs to happen. Maybe you'd say, well, Mark, you don't understand. In order to do that, I would have to put God first in my finances. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that's exactly what God is saying. I think that's exactly what God is calling us to do. Tithing is not a matter of uh, uh, being able to do it or not being able to do it. Tithing is a matter of obedience. It's a matter of am I going to do exactly what God tells me to do? And uh, this, is, this is what God tells us to do. And again, this is just, the tithe is just the beginning of generosity. And then Jesus took it even further and said, uh, that's just the beginning. To really be generous, you got to go even beyond that. The, the 10% is to keep my house running. Uh, then go out and see who else you can bless once you've done that, all right? So uh, it's an amazing thing. You, and here's what you will never understand, and until you start to do it, you're not going to get it, but you cannot outgive God. The more that you keep blessing others, the more he'll keep blessing you back, all right? And here is the final point with the final slide, all right? Uh, here's the thing. If you're struggling with it, here's what I would say. God can do more with 90% than you can do with 100%. And if you don't believe me, just try it. I would even challenge you with this. If you just say, man, 10%, it's too much. All right, try, try 3%, try 5%. If you're not giving anything, try 3%, 5%. If you're only giving 3% or 5%, then try 10%, all right? I'm saying whatever you're doing, but you're not quite there yet, uh, just do it and see if God won't do it. And then if God proves himself faithful, then say, all right, God, I'm going to do 5%. And if you prove yourself faithful on the 5%, then I'm going to increase it to 10%, all right, and see if God won't prove himself to you. Uh, so here's the final thing. I am invested. What God gives to me is not mine to keep. What God gives to me is to flow through me to bless his house and to bless others. Amen. Well, God bless you. I hope that that's been a blessing to you. Uh, I hope that the word of God uh, spoke to you today. And uh, be invested. Be invested in the right things. Be invested in heavenly things. God bless you. I'll see you next week.